0: Hey guys, Zeke here. Uh, so I just got a new computer that we were recording on and I neglected to change some settings. So after we finished recording our entire episode, we realized that we were recording on my computer mics instead of our, uh, actual mics that we have for recording to get our voices nice and, uh, nice and clear and crisp. So, uh, we're not going to re-record, and you're just going to hear the laptop mic audio, but it's not terrible. So, uh, hopefully you still enjoy our conversation and our breakdown of this, uh, Episode. So thanks for listening.
1: Hey everyone, this is Lexi. And
0: this is Zeke.
1: And you're listening to In It for the Long Haul. We're so, so excited to be here with our third episode. And the first real recap episode of the premiere of Michelle Young's season of The Bachelorette. It was a great episode last night. We met some incredible men. And I think that there's a lot to be excited about for this season.
0: Yeah, I think that overall, a pretty good start for Michelle. Um, Not too much craziness with the men. A nice little uh, situation that she had to deal with. Um, But overall, seems like a good group of guys. And seems like there's a lot of potential there.
1: I agree. In the beginning, we start the episode by visiting her classroom in Minnesota and getting a glimpse at the cute kiddos that she works with and seeing all of their hopes for Miss Young to find love. They were shocked at uh, her 30 boyfriends that she was going to date, but you know, what you got to do to find love, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of funny that they refer to them all as boyfriends because, I mean, that's not how it works. But it's fun to say it that way. It's more shocking. So I understand why they do it.
1: Well, man, The Bachelor and Bachelorette are really giving our young kids (laughs) a skewed idea of the process of finding a mate. But, you know, what can you do? It's good TV.
0: Oh, for sure. Our children will not be watching Bachelor Bachelorette until they're like at least 16, probably.
1: Sounds reasonable.
0: Or maybe not till they're 40. Who knows?
1: So we cue to her parents next. And of course, we remember how sweet her dad was when she was on Matt James's season. What an incredible man. Love their relationship. She's obviously been inspired by her parents' love story and wants to find that perfect match that they have with each other.
0: Yeah, I kind of forgot that her parents were... Uh, big fan favorites. It seems like the last couple seasons there have been some really popular parents. Um, I I can't think of who the other ones would have been, but there have been some really good um, family members that people just have seemed to really love.
1: We had a lot of fans for people's brothers.
0: Oh yeah, Yeah. Ivan's brother uh, was really popular. Um, I can't think of his name. Gabe?
1: But Yeah, so we hear from her parents and then we see her arrive in style to the Indian Wells Resort which looks like a upgrade from the Arizona digs that Katie Thurston experienced so that'll be fun.
0: Yeah this resort is in Palm Springs and it looks pretty nice still noticeably not as um you know crazy as what Matt James had for his limo entrances. I mean that mansion looked huge at Nima Cullen but, but yeah, it definitely seems like they're going a little bit more for, for Michelle, which is fair. I think that she's going to have a better season. So,
1: so then we start to get a few glimpses of her men as they film their intro sequences back home or as they're arriving to the resort. And we learn a little bit more about the men that will be vying for her. Heart, so
0: hey really quick before we before we do that i just had one note about some of the intro package for michelle um and this is something i'm proud of that i even noticed and caught um but there's the shot of her like you know getting ready for the night and she's just very very lightly brushing uh, a makeup brush on her face and i looked over at you and i said uh her makeup is already done and she is not putting on makeup right now and you said yeah that's totally true <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have the same pose for our wedding photographer. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Totally the fake pose of use a foundation brush to look like you're finishing your makeup, even though we all know that that is not how the order goes. But yeah. So then we get a glimpse of her guys as they're filming themselves back at home or as they're arriving to the resort. And so first we get a look at Chris. Um, who I think is a little bit more goofy than I imagined he would be. I thought he was a hilarious um, guy.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what kind of arc Chris gets because, you know, I think that he, uh, you know, could be a little bit uh, of an arrogant, maybe douchey dude. But he also, it seems like after that first episode, I did kind of like him and um, we'll just have to see. I don't know if Michelle will go for that, but. Uh, We'll have to see. I think, was he the one that uh, was playing beach volleyball and spiked a ball that was like 100 feet out of bounds?
1: Yeah, you know. That was pretty funny. Confidence is key.
0: Yeah, you gotta hit that thing hard, man.
1: Then we see Joe, who we remember has a lot in common with Michelle, and even more so than his bio told us last week. He's also interracial. Obviously, he played basketball in college. He's from Minnesota, so they just have so much in common, and it kind of makes you wonder if it's too good to be true.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about that. And obviously, as we'll talk about as we go on with this episode, um, hopeful for Joe and that they can iron things out. But yeah, it seems like the, almost too good to be true starting out.
1: And then we've got Clayton, our Missouri favorite. And Zeke and I loved seeing those scenes of, you know, the St. Louis area, Columbia... Um, the Missouri, or the Mississippi River, it was just, it was lovely. The Mizzou jersey, loved it. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. And then we've got Brandon J, who, again, is playing basketball, like we've seen in some of these videos so far, but he kind of shows a deeper layer to himself and mentions how he played a key role in raising his brother growing up, which is a really powerful way to start that sequence.
0: Yeah, I I have a note here, do they all play basketball? Um, It'll be interesting to see if, I I assume there'll be a group date that involves basketball and I think it's going to go poorly for maybe a couple of the guys who are not, who don't quite have great handles, but we'll have to see. I was actually pleasantly surprised that I think there was only, as we'll see, you know, I think there's only one basketball related entrance. So uh, I was worried about that at the start looking at all these bios and thinking about it. But hopefully hopefully we'll be good.
1: Yeah, I think that at this point it must have been a prerequisite for her because all of them have some connection to basketball. So I guess that that is pretty important to her in finding a life partner, which it's good to have those shared hobbies. Look at us, podcasting about The Bachelor. Brings us closer. So then we see Nate, who Zeke and I had some reservations about last week, but at least at the beginning of the episode, he started to warm on me because his dog is so dang cute.
0: And yeah, he had the dog, he loves road trips, and he truly is an Adonis of a man. Uh, I think he's listed at like 6'8". He's huge, and it showed in this episode for sure.
1: So, Christy, our motivational speaker, comes on, and he has a lot to say about how he works as a motivational speaker for a nonprofit that serves children, and, you know, he meets Taysha and Caitlin, they go into his room, and they love him, have glowing remarks about him, so I think that that... Has got to mean something in terms of what role he'll play on this season going forward.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, being you know a speaker for a nonprofit probably probably you know the type of guy who's going out and helping with fundraising is is probably what his job really is. Um, seems a lot more noble than I don't know exactly what Carl did, but I assumed it just was something to do with corporate. I think he did corporate events and stuff, um, you know, retreats of that nature. So. Yeah, he seems better. I, I'm I'm interested. I don't know if I've ever actually met anyone from Nova Scotia before, but it seemed like he had a very slight accent, um, and I wasn't sure if that was real or if that was just my brain thinking, oh, does this Canadian have an accent?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's so different across the whole country. So we had Canadian Blake Moines obviously, on the last season, but I feel like his Accent very was very different than what we heard from Chris. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Not an expert. Still need to visit Canada. We should go sometime.
0: We really should.
1: So Spencer comes on and he introduces himself as a father. He's very passionate about inspiring the youth, working with children as well. And again, Caitlin and Tasha have good things to say about him. They snoop through his hotel room. And things are looking good.
0: Yeah, it seems like with these last two guys, um, I I didn't think much of it until just now, but it seems like they kind of made a bit of a show of looking through those two guys' rooms so that when they looked through the next guy's room, uh, it wasn't just so obvious. Um, They tried to kind of disguise uh, what they knew was going on.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. I'm thinking that they probably do some sort of security check when the guys arrive on site oh for sure and so i'm sure that the producers the security guards or somebody saw the what we end up finding out to be strategy notes from ryan about how to look good on tv and win the bachelorette and all of these things i'm sure they saw that in some sort of security check and so then they made a whole spectacle out of going and surprising a handful of guys uh, from the host looking through their things just so that they could quote find these show notes from Ryan.
0: <laughs> yeah and it seemed like you know the beginning of his little in, uh, intro package you know he was the hard working farm guy um didn't really get that from his bio I, I don't remember that but um you know they showed him working on a farm digging some holes um you know using a home whatever uh and then yeah they you cut to this and they find his notes, like, right away. I was expecting that to be almost mid-season, maybe, where they had yeah. discovered it. Uh, and it was a guy that she, you know, had liked, but then it turns out he was strategizing. This was a little bit less anticlimactic compared to if it would have been that. But, yeah, they they find these notes and, of course, withhold that information until later.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, at least we got to see that dramatic irony play out within the course of the first episode because she was unaware of the situation when she was meeting him and then getting a little bit of alone time um, on the ice cream truck sidebar thing and then finding out about the show notes and strategies kind of it shatters all in her face so there was some sort of irony there but again I definitely thought it could have been played up throughout more episodes but that's good to find the snakes now I mean I want the best for her so even though I want more dramatic tv it's like I'm glad she got rid of them.
0: did you notice that the folder had like it was a titled folder and it had bachelor on it or bachelorette and it was misspelled I don't remember exactly how it was misspelled. You'll have to go look that up.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, you know he's never seen the show before, apparently. Supposedly.
0: He was also, uh, the. you know how they did The Bachelor live on stage? Uh, he was on that in San Francisco. No. Or I think it was San Francisco. He's from California, right? Oh, my
1: goodness. So yeah. He totally lied. He oh, for been sure. been researching this forever.
0: Yeah, and we'll touch on this more, but yeah, he. I don't think he did a very good job. It was pretty obvious that he was pretending to play dumb, when I, mean, I don't think it was that at all.
1: So then the guys get ready to come meet Michelle in person. And they're all piled into limos. You know, it wasn't until, gosh, maybe Peter's season that I started to realize that the contestants all come in groups. Like they're sitting in the limo together. And I just can only imagine how awkward that is and nerve-wracking. I really thought that a different limo pulled up for every contestant until just pretty recently. So I don't know if it was the way that the camera was cutting it, which made it seem like there there was only one person per limo. But anyway, I just think it's awkward. But these guys are just talking about how beautiful Michelle is, how they're excited, nervous, and they're screaming. And I'm just sitting here kind of wondering, can Michelle hear their voices from outside the limo? I just, I don't know. I'm wondering how loud they are and just kind of... How crazy those first few moments must feel as you see the first limo approach and you know you're about to start this journey and you have no idea who's going to walk out of the first one, let alone all of them. And you just hear a bunch of guys, "Ah, oh, hey, Michelle!" Like, just yeah. Anyway,
0: yeah. I, I mean, I think they probably film most of that stuff before they pull right up. Uh, they're getting all those those clips. Um, so probably not. They probably instructed to be quiet or something. Um, but yeah, the, it was funny, first of all, the, um, you know, Michelle, great dress, looks really good, uh, in this opening situation, and then I just kind of thought it was funny how after the revelation about the, uh, the guy with the notes, um, that we see, uh, and Caitlin, you know, they come up and said, yeah, we met some of your men, and they're really excited to see you, but we're not going to tell you about how one of them's a snake.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Gotta let some dramatic irony
0: play out. Oh, of course, of course. All right, well, then we have the men come out and do their entrances from the limo. So we're going to just run through these quickly in order and, you know, talk about what they did and see what we thought about it. So the first one out the limo was Nate. Uh, They started off strong. We, you know, thought Nate was maybe going to be not liked or a villain, but, uh, he comes out right out with his full name, which I didn't write down, didn't catch it, but it seems like he has a um, kind of a big last name and Nate is a short shortening of it. And so, um, yeah, but, and then he comes with a pun. It's better Nate than never, which I thought, of course you would love. And
1: wonderful.
0: Oh goodness.
1: So next we've got Romeo, who I also adored. I just think his smile was just, precious and he comes out speaking the language of love and just really playing up this whole romeo juliet facade but i think it really works for him and i just i just think he has this smooth realness about him and i'm really hopeful
0: aren't romeo and juliet italian yes so i think it's kind of funny he are speaking french but then talking about romeo and juliet i don't know that seems strange
1: He is multi-faceted.
0: That's fair. (laughs) Next up was uh, Jack. Jack was coming out with a sharp uh, white dinner jacket looking very crisp and clean, but I thought that he was a little awkward. Um, His name is apparently Jack Russell, and then he proceeded to make dog puns and jokes, um, which I thought was... uh, And just his delivery seemed a little off. Um, But then there were some moments where he reminded me of Jim Carrey a little bit, just in kind of the quirky weirdness, Um, but not in necessarily the charming way that I think Jim Carrey sometimes is. So um, I don't think Jack got a rose, but we'll cover that later.
1: So we've got Clayton, our Missouri boy, who comes in a little bit flirtatiously with a yardstick, giving Michelle the chance to punish him for his potential bad behavior in the house. Um, which he totally bundled as a joke, um, even though it's really not a good omen to potentially position yourself as somebody who would have bad behavior in the house, but I know he was just joking. So anyway, she lets him take a swing or she let, he lets her take a swing at him with the yardstick. And of course she doesn't hit him very hard, but I just thought it was a funny little crack At the whole teacher thing, um, showed a flirty side of him without being too much.
0: Yeah. Next up is Jamie. Uh, There was a noticeable shift in the music when Jamie got out of the limo, got a nice positive music. Jamie does seem really great Uh, and he had a great line. Um, He said that that was, he was talking about her dress and he said that was just fabric till you brought it to life. So I thought that was really smooth. I'll have to remember that for later.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was very flirty and Michelle commented afterwards that he has a certain swag about him, which he did mention in his bio that he has swagger. So I guess that that is not just self-promotion. Others see it too, so good for him.
0: But he does not have the most swagger of all the men. We will get to that in a little bit.
1: So we've got Chris G who is kind of giving a condensed motivational speech to introduce himself but the way that he's doing it has major youth pastor vibes where he's got those dramatic pauses and kind of the build-up in volume and (laughs) the crescendo it's it just takes me back
0: uh next up was Malik and I didn't I think he was a pretty quick entrance didn't really get much I didn't I didn't catch what he said or did did you
1: No, I just noted that he was a bit too shy, which is such a disappointment because you and I both rated him 10s, and his bio was just outstanding. But I'm worried that he might not last next week.
0: Well, but see, here's the thing. I think with, you know, we'll we'll see later, you know, with Nate, sometimes having starting out from that spot can give you a good storyline, a good character arc of, you know, I was shy and it was hard for me to really, you know, be myself and, you know, kind of come out of my shell. And then Michelle brings it out to them, out from, out of him, and they kind of bond over that. So I think that could be, hopefully, I'm hoping from Malik that that's kind of what we're going to, what we're in for here.
1: We've got Alec next, who was quite nerdy. Yeah,
0: I just wrote sweating.
1: <laughs> yeah, all kind of wrapped in one, just a little bit off.
0: Next then was Will. Uh, We have our second or third language that was spoken on these entrances already and he came in with the Spanish. What did he say? Oh, I don't know. He didn't pay attention. But
1: I loved it. I think he commented on how beautiful she was. I think so too, yeah. So I loved Will. Pardeep's next and he was talking about how love creates dopamine, showing off his nerdy side but making it, cute and relatable so I'm all about
0: that yeah I think his quote was my dopamine is on fire right now I thought that was pretty funny but he's a neuroscientist right so that makes sense that he would be talking about the dopamine uh and then Olimide came out and the quote I have from him is that it feels like the NBA draft night so I guess there is another basketball related entrance um but yeah he seems nice and uh, we'll have to see how he does
1: Chris S. was probably my favorite. I loved the schoolboy outfit with the shorts and hopping off of a school bus. It was just such a get up and um, it really fit with his hilarious intro that again surprised me. I think he's going to be the clown of the house and I am super shocked. I did not see this for him, but he gets off the bus super flirty and Michelle seems to really eat it up.
0: I think I might have a little bit different take on that. Um, But, yeah, no, I think he does come up with some jokes. His joke was that uh, he was joking about, you know, the teacher thing. And I think he basically said something to the effect of, uh, you know, or he was the teacher, I think, was what he was saying. And based on her performance, he was saying that he might give her an A or maybe a D. So that was kind of the joke there. Um, (laughs) Next up was uh, Garrett. Garrett said that his uh, friends and family had told him, you know, to break a leg, and he, I guess, took that a little too literally and broke his foot or hurt his foot. Uh, I'm not clear as to exactly what happened, but, uh, you know, Garrett's our CEO with a very successful company, as he told us in his bio, uh, but, you know, he was dressed in a really fancy, you know, dapper suit, and he had a cane, which just kind of completed the whole whole look, you know, kind of a young eccentric CEO with a cane and a nice suit, so I thought that uh, was fun, but, you know, who knows? We'll have to see how Garrett does.
1: Never trust anyone with a broken foot. It's a major sympathy. So Casey comes in, and he's playing one of those recess uh, hand slap games. Yeah, I think it's
0: just called Slaps is what I always thought it was called.
1: Okay, so that's, you know, bringing us back to our school days. But I
0: thought that that was fun next up was Brandon K um, Brandon K not a good joke here um, I think it fell flat he thought it was funnier than it was but he had a big I think he was he was holding a big old kind of beady necklace that he gave to her but he uh, made a kind of distasteful Mardi Gras beads joke reference that I just wrote yikes um, not how you want to start out
1: Yeah, show me your dot, 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 long pause, gestures with the hands heart. And she was just not about it. She, like, was giving him the necklace back, like, in the moment. It was so awkward. Which is so sad because I thought he was going to get the first impression rose with his southern charm. And I really loved his bio. But, yeah, men, they really trick you sometimes. So we've got LT wearing no pants. And he has a small, tiny suit and tie on his little Speedo that he's wearing. And Michelle, surprisingly, receives that well. But, of course, the men are not about it. Um, Major red flags for them.
0: Yeah, the worst part about those types of entrances is then you're stuck wearing that the rest of the night. Uh, And that just doesn't seem like a move um but then next up we had rick um well we didn't know it was rick yet but they rolled up a room service cart and you know with the big whatever you call it the big kind of stainless steel uh dish cover uh and then of course you know the whole thing with her lifting it off and then screaming and then it goes to break and then when we come back they they run it back and she opens it and you know it's, he says hey how are you doing and it's and it's rick um and you know i think this is actually pretty clever because he you know kind of as we talked about you you want to have something that that kind of sets a hook and and has the the lead you give the lead something to look forward to and something to come back to um which you know it does you get the good the good funny shots where all the men are standing around and he's just still you know with his head poking out of this uh this room service cart and it's just kind of ridiculous and uh but yeah, no, he, he, you know, said this is, you know, just the appetizer. You'll have to come back for the entree later. And uh, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, I didn't think that she was super into it. Uh, and he seems like a little weird maybe. Um, but I think that, you know, I think that he's going to have a good arc here and maybe go pretty deep. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to see, you know, they, they did all of his kind of interviews with him still in the cart. They always love to do that. And I thought it was just, just funny to see it. It's, it's great.
1: So, Rick rolls away, and here comes Ryan in an ice cream truck, and he's completely unbuttoned. I have never seen a man with a full-on dress shirt so unbuttoned to the point where it's like, okay, dude, you just should have worn a suit jacket with your bare chest, because it's I, all out.
0: I did not catch that.
1: It was, yeah, literally, I think he only had the last bottom three
0: buttons. I mean, that is a it was like deep
1: V. It was, and Michelle loves the ice cream truck bit, but, you know, as we have already discovered, there's a lot to be suspicious of with Ryan.
0: Yeah, I was disappointed because, you know, the note I have here is that you want, if someone's gonna be a villain, they're, the most compelling villain is the one that the that the lead really likes, that, you know, you know, as the viewer, why they shouldn't like them and so it makes good tv when they do like them but everyone else knows and you know it's just more dramatic that way
1: dramatic irony man
0: yeah but then they just go and use up that whole storyline in this episode as we'll see um but the next up is rodney rodney came out wearing the full red apple uh, top and um you know just kind of a big round frumpy apple costume and Uh, I think the comment that she had after saying hi to him oh he important note here he uh, she asked him what kind of apple he was and he said that she he was a granny smith um, which will we will see in a little bit that it was a bad choice uh, to the said to the bad the wrong woman uh, because she does know her apples um, but she thought that he seemed like a healthy little snack which was pretty funny
1: So now we've got Peter, who you definitely can't miss because he's yelling at the top of his lungs (laughs) about God knows what, and he's throwing pizza dough all over the place, not even hand-tossing it. He's tossing it right into the concrete. So, pizzapreneur, yeah, right. Um, But anyway, he definitely plays that up. He says he's changing lives one slice at a time, really leaning into that. So Michelle is intrigued, definitely goes on to question if he actually is good at making pizza, which I mean, I have that same question.
0: Yeah, we'll have to, hopefully they get him on a, you know, if he does end up on a date, hopefully they have some kind of cooking competition date and he can just school the rest of the house on making a good pizza. Uh, next up is Daniel. Daniel is one of our two firefighters. Uh, he comes up in a little kitty uh, fire truck that he's, you know, pushing with his feet, way too big for it, uh, and wearing a little fireman uniform, you know, blue shirt, red suspenders, a little fireman hat. Uh, and the quote here was, I heard that there was a fire, but it turns out that there is just a smoke show. Daniel did not watch the previous season
1: okay. of The
0: Bachelorette. Um, or was that... That was... Clay- that was Tasha I forgot that was even two yeah. Bachelorettes ago. Chasen coming with the smoke shows. Hopefully that's the last and only smoke show. But that is a better pun. Uh, you know, it's used in the context of a pun, so I can forgive that. Um, but then you know they're just setting him up here for what's coming next. You know he says I have to say that my fire truck is the best, but cue the real fire truck. Oh. <laughs> and of course, in comes the flashing lights, uh, and up comes pj my boy pj comes in hot literally and figuratively probably in his real life fire truck with the lights and sirens going and he steps out of the thing in his fine suit and poor daniel they did him dirty they did him dirty but hopefully he comes out on top in the end we'll have to see i'm personally pulling for pj over daniel but uh because that's just rude, but hopefully Daniel gets some uh, gets some laugh, last laughs or something to kind of balance it out.
1: Yeah, the men in the house don't even really try to comfort him. It's just so obvious he's been upstaged. So I'm really curious if that actually happened in sequence, or if there were any men between them, just the way that it was edited. But, wow, what a slam dunk for the producers.
0: But, yeah, she does seem pretty into PJ. Um, You know, I don't blame her. He was looking good.
1: Yeah, I love his smile. So, Brandon J. rolls up in a bed. Uh, Michelle mentions how she doesn't usually get in bed on the first date. Uh, But, you know, he's convincing. And they lay in bed together and have a little cozy interaction. And
0: You make it sound so scandalous. (laughs)
1: I know I don't try to but you know it's probably pretty hot because it's the summer in California so that's true you know and that was like flannel comforter so you don't want to stay in there long
0: yeah it was an interesting spread I don't know why they went with the um you know the lumberjack or buffalo jack is that what it's called
1: buffalo check
0: buffalo check yeah yeah so that seemed kind of a weird choice since they're in palm springs but uh, maybe that's a a flash forward to them their travels the rest of the season, which we did learn they are they are traveling. Uh, we weren't sure in our last episode whether they're going to be going anywhere. Um, I don't think they go overseas, but it does seem like they are going to travel this season, uh, which we saw in the preview for next episode. Uh, and then next up we've got uh, Spencer. Spencer comes up with the uh, two basketballs, dribbling them. He's got some good handles. Um, so hopefully, you know, I think I think that Spencer has a lot of promise here. Um, he fell outside of your prescribed uh, range for Michelle in age. Uh, he's the youngest at 25. But as we discussed, he's a father, and uh, he seems really mature, and he's, you know, got some handles. He uh, will probably be one of the men that does get to play some basketball with her, and he'll, he'll beat her, but some of the men probably won't.
1: Yeah, it was surprisingly the first basketball-themed entrance.
0: So. Well, Olamide made a reference to the NBA draft, but yeah, it was I think it was the only it was the first and only one with an actual basketball or basketball jersey. Like I was surprised we didn't get any jerseys or anything.
1: Yeah. So Brian comes in after that and dips her in a romantic little dance, which he does again um, later that night, which I thought was sweet, but we just didn't really get much from him.
0: Then came uh, Jamari. Jamari had a trick suit where the sleeves came off. Uh, he had to show off those upper arms. Um, hard to compete there with Riley, um, who we just were looking at his arms all summer long. Um, but decent arms, but you know, hard to hard to compete when you've got another another swole man uh, that was just on our TV screens getting engaged on Paradise. Uh, but then Jamari has a surprisingly deep voice. Uh, which we will unfortunately not uh, be getting to hear very much longer. Spoiler alert.
1: Man, I really enjoyed his voice. I think he would be a great narrator for a show or a movie.
0: Well, we should see if we can him on the podcast. That would be the real move.
1: Yes, Jamari, if you're listening to In It for the long haul, we would like to invite you to be a contributor. Thank you. So next comes Edward, who does some sort of... Um, just good vibes mixing bowl type potion i don't even know it was just very quick and strange but he was mixing something around in a bowl um poor guy michelle was confused as was i
0: let me get leroy coming in with a really good idea that i don't think i've seen in the few seasons i've watched but he comes in with a polaroid and they take a selfie and um Yeah, that's another good good idea of, you know, there's probably a larger conversation we didn't see, but he probably told her, hey, you know, when these get kind of developed, you can come see me. We'll check them out later.
1: So Martin mentions how he's flipping crazy about her after he does a front flip. So I thought that that was impressive and punny. So he won me over on that.
0: Was it a back flip or a front flip? Okay, because the front flip is much more impressive, much more difficult. I think it
1: was a front flip. Okay. I feel like he, I don't know.
0: We'll have to review the tape. But then we get the music stops, and up comes Joe. And we get the line from the teaser. Have I met you before? Have we met? And then he, they kind of say hi. And as he, walk, as he walks away, she just can't... Uh, she she can't put her foot her finger on it, but she is pretty sure that she had met him somewhere and she correctly identifies his last name as Coleman. And yeah. So then she they cut to her talking and to the camera and she says, Yeah, he or we messaged back and forth about basketball uh this you know, last year or in the summer, and then he ghosted me. So some drama to end off. The men and that's that's the thirty the thirty men and uh yeah, some some pretty good entrances, some some cringy entrances, but overall I, I think I saw some some data that it was the broke a record uh, for the most gimmick entrances uh of any season. It barely edged out Ben Higgins season. It was like seventy percent uh gimmick entrances. Uh so I don't know exactly how they define gimmick, but I assume it has something to do with an item or uh, something more than just a joke probably but I think Bachelor Data on Instagram had that one uh, so that was interesting to see hopefully that doesn't uh spell bad news and hopefully we got some serious men here as well
1: so we've got all the men gathered as Michelle opens this up with a classic toast the men are ready to go and Jamie is the first one to steal her starts immediately employing his charm and talking about how much everyone was telling him that they loved her, just encouraging him to really get to know her, to go on the season, see if it might work between them. Um, I love how he said that she smiles with her spirit. That was cute and just a really creative way to tell someone that you really like their whole energy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And next up was Peter. Peter got the second conversation that we saw. Uh, And, man, that room that he took her to was romantic. Uh, Great lighting, really nice setting. And he had cooked up some cannolis uh, for them to enjoy. And I can't say I've ever had a cannoli, so we'll have to uh, get some the next time we are getting some good Italian food. But uh, they looked really good, and I think she really enjoyed them. So we'll have to see if his cooking uh, you know, can overcome his, uh, big personality.
1: And if you missed it, which I don't know how you could, Peter is Italian. So Joe is talking casually with the guys on the couch, mentioning how his only leg up with Michelle is being from Minnesota. So definitely not admitting to the guys here that he has exchanged messages with Michelle which would certainly be a higher leg up than simply being from the same home state so I thought that that cut to that conversation was just a pretty damning piece of evidence for us to consider as viewers about what we think about him and maybe you know how he's going to frame and approach his past interactions with her.
0: Yeah, we saw something similar to this. If you remember, um, Blake Moynes uh, had, had sent a message to Claire before the season, but I think that it was when he knew he was going to be on the season uh, before the season started. And I think it had something to do with uh, her mom or dad, whichever of them was having some health problems or had died um, and just, you know, sent a a nice message saying, Hey, I'm thinking about you, whatever. Uh, I don't think that she responded. I don't think it was, but you know, it was sliding into the, your leads DMS. Uh, It seemed like though that this was maybe a year before the even filming. And so I'm not even sure if uh, it it didn't seem like it was something that, you know, he knew that she was even in the the franchise yet uh, because Matt's season would have filmed the fall. So you know, maybe it was just totally a coincidence or they found him somehow to come be on the show because of this. But, yeah, it didn't seem like the timing was suspect um, in, in that regard that, you know, the scandalous of scandalousness of, you know, that Blake had of just but, you know, well-intentioned, you know, just couldn't help but but message you here to to kind of try to console and comfort you in a difficult time. Uh, but yeah, and so then Michelle, after kind of he talks to the guys about it, then of course Michelle comes and pulls him. And, uh, you know, she just right off the bat says, hey, what what happened? You, we exchanged some messages, but then you kind of ghosted me and uh, what happened there? And, um, you know, I've seen some mixed reviews on, on his response, um, and I think she wasn't a huge fan of it. I mean, I think understandably, he being from the Minneapolis area, there was a lot going on. Uh, when they apparently around the time that they messaged and he you know says that he was processing through a lot of uh, what was going on last summer uh, in regards to the the George Floyd uh, protests and situation and so I think that he kind of said you know and I you know I realized I wasn't ready to to be in a relationship or to really take this further and so I just didn't really know how to respond and I think basically she is hesitant and she says you know I I think that it's honesty is always the best policy you can just you need to learn how to communicate those things and you know it's okay to to be there to to not be in a place where you know you're processing through uh big stuff that's happening around you in the world that that you know feels like it affects you personally and you have to kind of figure that out um but just you know i can understand that and so you know i'm right there with you and so you just got to be honest about that Um, you know I think it's pretty clear that he's gonna that they're gonna overcome this at least uh, initially and so but you know we got some good drama here she's not sure and this is legit life stuff too which I kind of like it's not like petty this is like real like you know why didn't you communicate better Um, and that's tough because you know you you don't want to discount someone for for one moment of of poor communication but yeah it's tough when when that's kind of your first experience of someone
1: Yeah, I think that she handled it really well by acknowledging the difficulty of the situation and how she was feeling that too, but also identifying herself as a safe space to be honest with because if anyone could understand what he was feeling and why he didn't want to be or didn't have the energy to be talking to someone at that time, it would have been her. So just expressing that is important and she's of course worried that he could potentially shut down again in this process. So I think, you know, we leave that conversation not exactly knowing how it's going to go. Michelle's going to think about what she needs to do to protect her heart. And we see Rick again on his cart, which kind of changes the mood of the show in the moment. Um, Rick mentions how he hasn't had a chance. To really eat all night because his hands are stuck under the cart we can only see his head I think Michelle is kind of feeling an awkward vibe that he's putting off but she goes ahead and plays into it and feeds him some strawberries it kind of goes with it and he finally comes out from under the cart and we see that he's dressed as a dapper man um he gets slightly less awkward because we can see his full self but um the man really just doesn't blink and doesn't really smile unless he remembers to smile. I think it's Mm, like one of those things where the command goes off in his brain and he's like, okay,
0: smile. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he has – I know one of the things I've seen people commenting on is, you know, is he wearing eyeliner? But it it seems like it's just his dark eyebrows – or his eyelashes, rather, uh, that just kind of give him a dark look. But I think he had a really – I think he's playing this really well. I think that he had a really good line uh, to her. You know, he says, you know, if, if things are getting stuffy, if you're getting stressed out, um, you know, you can just come see me. And uh, you can come find me, and we can just kind of, kind of kick back and, and relax, and I can take your mind off of whatever's bothering you. And um, Michelle, I think, is into it. She thinks that there's chemistry there, and I think she said that. And so uh, look out for Rick.
1: So then we've got Rodney who comes back again michelle confronts him that he said he was a granny smith apple even though that's the only green apple in his costume is a red apple so um he did not start off as the apple of her eye but his goofiness and willingness to kind of take her jab at him and laugh with her and just kind of laugh at the fact that she's apparently an apple expert um, kind of, um, you know, brings them back into the good
0: graces. Yeah. Uh, although I am pretty confident that Granny Smith is not the only green apple. We picked some green apples a couple weekends ago that were not Granny Smiths. So, uh, and then I think there's a handful of other green ones. Um, so, uh, I'm maybe, maybe that was out of context or. We, we need missed... to
1: have a full scale apple debate
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: live on it. For the long haul
0: podcast, that'll be a bonus episode uh, for our patrons. Just kidding, we don't have a patron yet.
1: One day. So Ryan mentions how he has a big plan, um, which is just kind of a um, <laughs> another ironic statement that really tees up what's about to unfold. But anyway, he pulls Michelle aside again, very charming mentions that he coaches but just kind of like leading with that we don't know what he coaches Michelle inquires and then he can really drop in oh I coach special olympics which of course would make anyone's heart gush I love that for him but um the boys are not really liking the way he just seems to kind of brag in the house we're seeing a little bit of that bragging in the way that he conversates with Michelle um but um, we, we see this interaction, they eat some ice cream, and then she's starting to talk to other men, and Claire, or Tasha and Caitlin pull her aside, and finally it's the moment where they mention that as they were meeting the guys earlier and kind of going through their things, they found some concerning notes and strategies in Ryan's room about how to get the most screen time, how to not be the villain, all of these things. So Michelle immediately confronts Ryan, asked him about the notes that Taysha and Caitlin mentioned to her. And it doesn't take very long until she asked him to go up to his room with her so that she can see the notes in person. So I loved this part. I thought it was so gutsy of her to just get right to the point. And honestly, I would be so curious to see what this man actually thinks is vital to win the Bachelorette. So she goes and snoops on these notes. She's just caught off guard because these are so detailed, so intense. He's got two whole folders. She asks him to actually leave his room so that she can just be alone and really sort through these things herself. He sees some feedback that he's gotten from other people. Um, saying that he kind of is mean and arrogant and tends to talk a lot about himself, so he needs to downplay those aspects of himself. So she, she again, just finds this all very concerning. Um, and as she comes out to confront him about it, he's explaining to the producers and then explaining to her that he just is not really familiar with the show. And so he was just needing to write all of these notes so that he could get a sense of what this experience would be like. Um, He also mentioned that one of his friend's wives um, wrote a bunch of notes for him because she's a big fan of the show to kind of help him out and he was getting feedback from others. So he's just saying, hey, I don't know anything about this process. I feel like I was at a disadvantage because I haven't really seen much of it. So these are just all my notes to catch me up. And I was just writing things about who you were and Anything that is bad or seems strategic are notes that I didn't write. I only wrote the good notes. And so Michelle is just very um, put off by it. And you can tell that she's not here to listen to his explanation. She's already made up her mind that this is too much for her and just a major red flag. And so she, she's ready to send them home
0: yeah he comes when you know when she's told him that she's gonna walk him out he he tries to come back with uh what can i what can i do to change your mind and she says uh my mind is made up she handled it really well i thought uh i think that's a good kind of a good omen for this season that she is going to be able to figure out what she needs to do Uh, we've seen some leads recently where they just don't handle those situations very well And so it looks like Michelle's going to be able to handle her business and cut the crap when there's crap. And uh, yeah, so hopefully that that bodes well for this season.
1: So now we've got Nate, who has a pretty long conversation with Michelle. He mentions right off the bat how guarded he is um, and says he's nervous. He doesn't really want to talk about his family, knowing that Michelle had such a positive childhood and is so close to her family. He prefaces what he wants to say about it by mentioning that he had the best childhood, but my parents divorced. And so, I don't know, I think that that was kind of a defense mechanism to um, maybe not get too deep too soon or talk about really hard details about your past too soon to kind of preface it by saying, don't worry, I had the best childhood. Um, And then saying your parents got divorced. Because, you know, that doesn't mean you can't have the best childhood. But I think that with the way he was so nervous to talk about it, there's more there than what he rushed through that maybe he was just not ready to share. And so kind of um, putting up his guard with that blanket statement is a reflection of, of what he admitted, that he's a guarded person and it's hard for him to really share all of those deep aspects of
0: himself next we get some uh, time with martin martin talks about his family which we we knew about from his bio Uh, but yeah he tells her how he's really close to his family uh and then clayton comes and is talking about his uh his mom who is a special ed teacher uh and he tells michelle that um the fact that she's a teacher says a lot about her and her character uh, which, you know, is true. Um, she seems great, and I think he sees that and is doing a good job at, at telling her uh, and affirming her and her calling in life. So, uh, And then, you know, Brandon Jay comes in looking just like The Rock with his turtleneck and and necklace. Probably intentional. I hope intentional. Otherwise, that would be a hilarious uh, coincidence. And... Yeah, and then Michelle comes, and they bring the they bring the first impression rose in to set it down amidst most of the men standing around a table, and Michelle comes and gets it.
1: She hands the first impression rose to Nate, which to me came as a shock. Um, just if I was thinking about what I thought about these men, but when I took a step back and thought about all of the interactions she had that night, she definitely saw the most quote unquote, growth from Nate in opening up about his family. And it just seemed like they had the most memorable interactions in total, a very solid intro, and then a fruitful first conversation. So I can understand why you got the first impression Rose, But certainly far from what you and I had predicted last week. But not only does Nate get the first impression, Rose, but he goes in for the first kiss, and there's definitely some chemistry there. I hate to admit it.
0: Yeah, she said that. You know, they kind of had that giggly, kind of that giggly moment after, where yeah, we felt the felt the sparks and the butterflies, just what you want from that first kiss. Uh, We go to a break, and when we come back to the break, it's already time for the rose ceremony. And they've got it in kind of like an atrium-type room. It's kind of a weird setup, different. Usually they've got it in kind of a dark enclosed room, but they've got it in this kind of atrium room, probably somewhere in the hotel. Uh, And it's clearly morning. I mean, there's some outside light coming in, and it's, it's, you know, it's like 6 a.m., (laughs) <laughs> they've been up late all night some of the guys you can really see it uh, more than I've ever noticed before and I don't remember I guess I can remember one uh, recent season maybe it was Tasha's or Claire's were the first one where they go outside and their exit interview is like in broad daylight um, so I think that is typical but yeah just holy cow uh, that is a long night hopefully they got to uh, <laughs> hopefully they got to take a long a long nap the the day after and got to sleep in the, the previous day um so we've got the rose order um starts with jamie and goes to leroy then martin spencer rick clayton peter pj malik romeo daniel brandon j will chris s rodney alec pardeep chris g Casey Olumide, Lt, and then after much fretting, Joe gets the final rose, as we all expected. Who I forgot to write down who did not get roses. I think we had Edward didn't get a rose. I had down here that Edward was just looking particularly creepy uh, during the rose ceremony. He was wearing a brown suit, had kind of long dark kind of greasy hair. Uh, you know, I, I I commented he was having those scissor hands, um, just not which I haven't actually ever seen that movie. I need to go watch that. But yeah, not a not a great look. And she was not into him. I don't know if she had a conversation with him or not. But um, I know Edward got sent home. Uh, Jamari did not get a rose with his deep voice and big arms. Uh, and then a few other guys. But oh, um, football player, uh, what's his name? Brian. Brian also did not get a rose after two dips and spins and dips or whatever the dance move that he pulled out twice. Um,
1: Yeah, our Jack Russell Terrier also went home (laughs) and Garrett with the broken foot and then Brandon K with the flat joke about the Mardi Gras beads. So we had a few folks go home and I wasn't that surprised about any of them after seeing how that episode unfolded maybe just a little bit sad because they were far off from what I had initially predicted last week but I'd say I was more surprised that Jamie was the first one to get a rose Um, he's definitely smooth but to me he just seems like 20 years older than her even though he's not and I don't know it just seems like a very formal vibe that they're building instead of a more you know natural peer-to-peer relationship but i do like him um and i like you know the guys that are still around so i'm interested to see how things unfold next week as we have our first set of group dates and then to see who gets her one-on-one rose Zeke, um, what are your final Rose thoughts as we wrap up this first recap episode and think ahead to next week?
0: Yeah, well, I've got just a couple of thoughts, um, especially after our assessment from the bios, are, you know, reading a book by the cover. Uh, is Native Front Runner? I mean, with Bachelorette, First Impression Rose is pretty predictive of, you know, hometowns and at least oftentimes winter. And Yeah, and that's maybe surprising, but she seems to, like, Nate, do we think he's going to make it uh, pretty deep, or do you think some controversy he's going to get ensnared in?
1: I just think we predicted that he would be a drama king, and I've got to think that we have some sense of character judgment. Uh, We were wrong about a lot of these guys, but I don't know, he's just really charming, and I just think that he does think a lot of himself, so I'm not sure there, but um uh, definitely a surprise for me and i think that he might have the first impression rose curse which we know mm. um at least from the past few seasons a lot of the people that have gotten the first impression roses end up showing their true colors later on and it doesn't necessarily indicate front runner front runner status anymore
0: yeah that's true i think it's also you know you get the first impression rose and then um you know, it might be a while till you get a first one on one, and so you start to they start to doubt kind of their status and uh I think Greg had a lot of that in the last season, a lot of that first because I think he was the first impression rose recipient. Uh and you know, you start to kind of worry and after a while of not getting but he also got the first one on one date. So he got the first impression rose, the first one on one date, um and then got really worried and sad.
1: Uh we just don't like Greg.
0: Well I uh, I'm not like fully aboard the Greg is terrible train, but yeah, no, not didn't uh, didn't do the best at the end of that season. Um, but then, yeah, I think back to this season. I think that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more Rodney. Rodney seems like he's a, a fun guy. Uh, there's a good preview about some of his antics, and I think he's kind of going to be the maybe unfortunately for him uh, a bit a bit of a big goofball in the house, um, you know, and so. That isn't usually a recipe for victory or winning love, but I think he's going to be good to television. Uh, I'm looking forward to more Rodney.
1: I'm looking forward to Romeo. He won my heart. Mm. And uh, deny thy father and refuse thy name, or if thou wilt not be but sworn my love, and thou shall be a Capulet. And you've been listening to it for the long,
0: time. <laughs> uh, yeah, and my last kind of note is you know you get the whole next week preview or se- whole season preview was what we saw, and then kind of the classic goofy, ridiculous credit scene um, I have to say that uh Caitlin and Tasha as hosts have really grown on me since the last season uh I think I was uh i I haven't really seen Caitlin before. I didn't know much about her. Uh, obviously I had seen Taisha's season and really liked her, but I was like maybe a little not as high on on Caitlyn. I thought that she was kind of weird and maybe annoying, but I think that they have both really grown on me as a duo especially. They have great chemistry and good uh, report, and yeah, they just kind of goofed around on that bed. Uh, they bro- broke some of the wheels off as they wheeled them off, and it was pretty funny. Uh, But yeah, I I kind of hope that they are willing to keep doing it for at least The Bachelorette. I think it seems like they're going to move towards having different hosts for Bachelor and Bachelorette. But I hope that they're able to stick around and do at least a few more seasons because they've been really fun.
1: Well, thank you so much for listening to In It For The Long Haul with Zeke and Lexi Hall. We are so excited to watch this season unfold with you and hope that you'll continue to interact with us on social media DM us, email us, um, join our Rose League in it for the long haul and pick contestants each week who you think will be big point earners with the things that they do on the show. We are just so excited to be on this journey with you and thank you for your support. Continue to rate us and follow us on the platform that you use to listen to podcasts and we will see you all next week.
0: Yeah, definitely get with us. Um, if you have any questions, if you have uh, if you want to know what we think about something specific, uh, if you have any comments for the show, we would love to get some listener feedback to be able to read uh, during the show. That would be really fun to get some interaction there. And yeah, it's been it's been a good one. first, uh, first premiere. and this has been good. I'm Lexi. And I'm Zeke.
1: And this has been In It For The Long Haul.
0: See you next week.